Pump. Oh no. What's up is I forgot my microphone, but I have it now. Fantastic. So we're good. Yes. So um, now what's up? What's also up is I forgot my concept of gravity in relation to cats and accidentally dropped Felix this morning. He did not land on his feet. Oh, you could, you could probably drop a cat from a good, like, 15 feet and it should be pretty decent. Dropped him I don't from my chair in a seated position and I still cried. He landed on his shoulder. Oh, he's too yeah. chonked to flip. I know, and I got so upset. And then he was really enjoying himself because he got, like, snuggles when I should have been working. And, <laughs> and he is was trying to get simple. shit done. He's so simple. And thankfully, Michael came home and he was like, it's okay. He probably doesn't even remember it. No, he doesn't. He didn't remember, like, when you picked him up after you dropped him. <laughs> No. He was like, what is this? He was like, oh, kisses for no reason? <laughs> Why is your face wet? <laughs> simple creature. Oh, but a simple boy. Oh, he's, yeah. he's simply snoozing somewhere, probably. Yeah. I can't see him. Yeah. That's either a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, we're just going to do a quick update before we dive into this episode. Uh, at the time you're listening to this, the uh, poll should be up for... Mm-hmm for what um what movie we're gonna watch yep. on halloween that you are gonna watch with us yes and if you missed it today it we started on tuesday and it will go until next tuesday so yes. you've got time to vote or vote well, more actually, than once actually it's uh it's gonna go until i think i think it's gonna go until saturday and then from sunday to Next Tuesday, we're going to let our uh, Patreon patrons yes. vote on the top two answers. So I made a whoops. So vote on... There's there's four movies. Uh, I'll say them now just because it's already up. It's The House on Haunted Hill, uh, Dracula, Nosferatu, and Night of the Living Dead. So those are the four options you have. Uh, vote until Saturday, and then our the top two that were voted on uh, will go to our uh, Patreon subscribers and they will pick what movie we watch. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, look at us. Look at us being being ourselves, doing our things. Oh, so spook. It's much spook. Uh, one of those movies, I think, I think it's just one. Yes. But one of those movies uh, features an actor that I believe we're talking about today um as far as i know this is what i wrote about so don't know what's on the schedule but yeah because i'm a great co-host yep we got it you see how i i I snuck that intro in there i did i did and i'm very proud thanks it's like we've been doing this for like two years oh don't don't say that that's so long ago that was back when we could leave the house oh my god Let's not make everyone depressed. Let's just depress people with crime. Yeah, I like that. I like that idea. Crippling anxiety. I mean, we got that either way. That doesn't, that's never changed. No. But that's okay. We shall live. So for those- So what are we talking about? Well, for those who either, like me, don't pay attention to the schedule or the title- Today we're talking about Vincent Price. For those who did, Love. we get it, you know. Huh? 
Oh, I thought Love. you said. I thought you said of, and I was like, of the movies of <laughs> spooky fame, of spooky fame. Um, he's he's actually as big a puss as I am. I vividly remember his show on PBS, and like it was back in the eighties, but it was in syndication by the nineties when I was a little kid, and I would make my parents tape it during Halloween because I was so obsessed with him. And he was the first choice for my grandmother to remarry, followed by Dick Van Dyke, followed by uh, Davy Jones. So if anything, he was my grandmother's first love. Fuck my grandpa. All right. Mm -hmm. As far as my my five-year-old brain is concerned. Mm -hmm. But hopping right in, I'm going to start out with a quote from the Vincent Price's website his family runs a website about his entire legacy and it's just what you would think it's vincentprice.com but they say it better than I ever could as like a synopsis basically and that is quote Vincent Price is widely regarded as one of the most iconic and beloved horror movie characters in the world any fan of classic horror movies knows the name Vincent Price as synonymous with elegance humor talent worldliness and charm end quote and yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's fucking <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. But yeah, so pri- so surprise. Um <laughs> don't Breath. know why why my voice decided to do that. I also my voice is definitely revolting today and so we'll see what what comes of that. Mhm. But Price has over 200 acting credits alone like on film and TV. Um, Not even including theater or any other works that he did. Over 100 of those credits are a multitude of films that he was in, including The House on Haunted Hill, as we as we have mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, The Pit and the Pendulum, House of Wax, The Last Man on Earth and Edward Scissorhands, which was actually one of his last significant films. He did a couple like films that were published later but this was the last like in-person film okay he he, that was like of any significance that he did yeah uh he also guest starred on several television shows including popular series such as batman on which his best friend adam west starred the brady bunch and my personal favorites the 13 ghosts of scooby-doo miniseries which he played Mm. the character vincent van gool of course. I know, I know. And I loved I loved that. I vividly remember watching that. And I actually have the Boomerang app on my Roku, and I'm going to see if it's on after this. And also, he was on The Muppet Show. And that's another one. Vivid memories of him biting Kermit and Kermit biting him back with their little fangs just a-going. Mm-hmm. And I had a great childhood. Um, so he has appeared in six films that have been selected for the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress for being, quote, culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. And those are Laura, which premiered in 1944, Mm -hmm. Leave Her to Heaven, which came out in 1945, Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein, which my dad and I watched all the time, and that came out in 1948, House of Wax, which came out in 1953, The Ten Commandments, which came out in 1956, like the Charlton Heston, every Easter it is on movie. Yep and House of Usher in 1960. He also appeared in one music video that is in the registry. Wild Guess. Is it MJ? It's MJ. It's yeah. Thriller. It's yep. Thriller. So obviously, 
these are just some. I'm not going to be able to touch on everything that he did. I was listening to a podcast recently. I forget which one it was, but it was, oh, it was, I think it was page seven. And they were talking about um, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. And do you know. One of his close friends. Yes. Do you know she was originally uh, approached to do the, the voice at the beginning of the Thriller music video? I did not, but I do know that she put something out in 2002 and dedicated it to her friend Vincent Price because, like, they were very close. I know. Spooky oh, I siblings. Know. I know. <laughs> so I cute. love it. Also, she looks the same. Like, her makeup artist deserves a prize. She looks the fucking same. Yeah, she does. It's, it's, She's a goddess. She, she sold her soul to someone, and I just want to know who so I can do it myself. Um, but yeah. Like I was saying, I can't I can't touch on every single one because like those are only some of the works that he was part of. There's 211 total for just film and TV, and he was he had his hand in a lot of different things besides that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so in that in that same vein, for the sake of time, I'm not gonna include any like Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb or Google scores or anything else because. We're going to be touching on so many of them that we'll literally be here all night. And I know that you who are listening probably would not mind that. Haley will actually kill me because it's Elliot's birthday. So, yeah. The day I'm we're avoiding death. Not the day that, we're, that it, it comes out. Yes. So I'm avoiding <laughs> death. Haley is not avoiding Elliot's birthday because they're not at that point in their relationship yet. Give it not another quite. 50 years and 50 yeah mm. 50 what's I'd another that long what's another 50 amongst <laughs> people who have been together over a decade <sighs> yeah i know i love it it's great <laughs> it's my favorite but yeah uh so let's cut let's just the say they all got 100 percent on rotten tomatoes i'm gonna I make mean, that call hell they have 100 percent in our hearts they do so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's what it is yeah but um, yeah, we can get started now then, shall we? Go yes. for it. All right. So Vincent Leonard Price Jr. was born on May 27th, 1911 in St. Louis, Missouri, as the youngest of four children of wealthy couple Vincent Leonard Price Sr. and Marguerite Cobb, my favorite word, nay, 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 nee, no idea, Wilcox. And... Obviously, her last name is Price. Um, yes. So his mother was a costume designer, and his father was the president of a company that made jelly beans and jawbreakers and also Price's baking powder, which was sold to Royal, like the company that makes the knockoff Jello pudding. Yeah. They sold their baking powder to Royal, like, later on like he's he came from money money yeah what a sweet dad to have that like is into like candy yeah (laughs) but it's like into candy and stuff like that is yeah that'd be amazing yeah well and and his paternal grandfather vincent clarence price invented dr price's baking powder which was the first cream of tartar based baking powder and that is what really like clinched them into having like money that was real money and not what's the word that i'm looking for nouveau riche money that's a connecticut word it's not just a connecticut word but 
it's also a Connecticut word. Um, but yeah, so dad was in charge. He was president of the National Candy Company. His, that's literally what it was called. Um, his wife, his mother made costumes. So already it was a pretty significant upbringing. Um, yeah. And then what helped with that was he was of English descent. And so we'll get to this in a bit between the time he spent in England and his upbringing in Missouri. And he moved around a lot for like work and stuff. That's what basically caused him to get the, that infamous accent with those yeah. affectations and everything. Because he had the the like Missouri Back then, it was like a, a transatlantic type of accent. Uh-huh. And then, like, he had some affectations from when he lived in England. And so it was just, that's kind of how his voice came to be. He wasn't, like, pulling a Madonna and just putting it on. I like, love when people are from, like, many different parts of the world, and then they get this weird accent that you mm-hmm. literally can't place anywhere. Like, um, Lauren Cohan from uh, The Walking Dead I believe she was born in New Jersey and then grew up in England. Oh. And then, and then I think moved down south somewhere. That could have so gone like, one of two ways. Yeah, her accent is so bizarre, but it's like, it's so interesting. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's something that you can't forget. And one of the big things about Price and like his creepiness and, and everything and later like his career was his voice. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so on top of that, he he was of English descent, like I said, and was actually a descendant of Peregrine White, who was the first white child born in colonial Massachusetts. Um, the, The kid was born on the Mayflower while it was in Provincetown Harbor up off Cape Cod. All right. So he was like hella white. His last name was White. Descended from whites. Yes. Um. So Price, as any white would do, attended St. Louis Day School in St. Louis, Missouri, after which he went on to attend the Ivy League College Yale University in New Haven, Connecticut. Oh, hey. Hey. Threw up there. Yep. (laughs) Kind of. (laughs) Yep. Good enough. Um, (laughs) I've been to Yale. I threw up in their courtyard. (laughs) That's okay. At least your mom didn't convince you to break into their courtyard while you were touring the college, except not actually touring the college. Oh, we broke in many times to their courtyard. Yale is a very insecure courtyard. Yeah, it really is not. It, it's uh, it's bad idea. But um, yeah, time. so there he began to dabble in performing. He really only kind of started to dabble in performing when he went to college. And he particularly enjoyed performing in Gilbert and Sullivan operettas. And he also worked on the campus humor magazine, The Yale Record, before graduating in 1933 with a degree in English and a minor in art history. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So then after teaching for a year, he went to England, London specifically, to study for his master's in fine arts at the Courtauld's I'm never going to get it. The Courtauld Institute of Art at the University of London. I got it. Mm. And so while in school, he went to the theater a lot as like a pastime and enjoyed it so much, actually, that he decided to say fuck it to his master's degree and become an actor instead. Wow. Yep. 
So he began his career in British theater, and his acting career took off in 1935 when he starred as the Prince Regent in the play Victoria Regina at Dublin's Gate Theater. And then Price's success on stage soon led to a film career, but while making that transition, Price initially actually struggled to get roles because he was six foot four, and producers did not want to cast people who were taller than their leads. Hmm, mm. interesting. Um, yeah, Homeboy would have had been a hit on Tinder, though. Oh, yeah. Tinder would have loved him. Tinder would have loved him. I feel like acting is so, I mean, it's obvious, but acting is so fickle that, like, if you if you have one thing, if you have, like, a, a thing, like, if you're really, yeah. really tall or you're really, really short or you have, like, heterochromia or you have, like, uh a really interesting like something going on with your hair or something like that like you or get pigeonholed <laughs> yes you get pigeonholed into like that one thing and then like, that's all they want you to do yep 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 that's pretty much it and it's yeah. like you can either live and feed yourself or you can not be pigeonholed <laughs> yeah it's great it's super fun oh yeah but um but yeah so he was struggling to get roles. He was not struggling in the romance department, but he definitely would have been doing better in this day and age where every Tinder profile that gets any hits says six foot or above. Um, but none of that ended up mattering because in 1938, Price married his first wife, former actress Edith Barrett, and made his feature film debut in Service Deluxe. So nice. then a year later in 1939... He made his first venture into the horror genre with Boris Karloff's film Tower of London. And then the following year in 1940, Price portrayed the titular character in The Invisible Man Returns, a role that he actually reprised in a voice-only cameo in the closing scene of the 1948 horror comedy spoof, Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein. See, Uh there it is, that Library of Congress. Okay. Um, Also in 1940, Price's son, poet and columnist Vincent Barrett Price, or as he's known today, V.B. Price, was born. And then in 1944, as he did with his theatrical career, Price then cemented his film career thanks to his role in the movie Laura, that one movie that we mentioned as being part of the Library of Congress. And mm-hmm. okay, um, and that was he starred opposite Gene Tierney, who he then went on to star opposite against again a year later in 1945 in the film Leave Her to Heaven, when he played her jilted fiance Russell Quinton. Mm-hmm. So two Library of Congress classics back to back, baby. And I feel like, like, when did he, uh, if it's not too hard to go back in your notes, when did he drop out of his master's program and then like start in the, the theater? Because like, it seems like he, his career kind of took off relatively quickly. Yeah, like the early, to, like, it, like the mid 30s. So he went to London in 1934 after teaching for a year. And, so and then, then he was in his first movie, 38 is what you said, maybe? He was in his first movie in 38, but he was in his first play in, going back in the notes, going back in the notes. I think it was 35, but I don't want to say the wrong thing and have somebody come and be like, no. Um, Yes, 35. I had no reason to worry. But yeah, no, he's moving fast. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, pretty fast for a guy who's all 6'4". 
What, what a struggle. So sad. <laughs> but yeah, so then skipping ahead a little bit, in 1948, Price and Barrett divorced. And that same year, he also joined Fanny Bryce, Edward G. Robinson, and other art lovers to open a museum in Hollywood called the Modern Institute of Art, which closed within two years because of lack of funding. Mm. But then in 1951, Price himself founded the Vincent Price Gallery and Arts Foundation on the campus of the East Los Angeles Community College. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so, although it's not as well known as his as his acting career, even though it's literally what we just talked about him studying in school, um, he was also known as a bit of an art connoisseur and was particularly a champion of Native American art. Well, um, he got hit, he got a degree in uh, art history, right? Yeah, uh, a minor in art history. Minor in art history, yes. And then he so, went to get his master's in fine arts, but then was like, "Nah, man, I'm gonna do the finest art. I'm gonna kiss right. ladies on camera. Um, Great. <laughs> um, I'm a bike Kermit." But um, no, so then he would go on to be appointed to the problematic word alert Indian Arts and Crafts Board in 1957 by former president Dwight D. Eisenhower, which Price called later, quote, kind of a surprise since I am a Democrat, end quote. All right. (laughs) Um, He also supported the Institute of American Indian Arts in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and has been the subject of many discussions at the Museum of Contemporary Native Arts in Santa Fe. Nice. Yeah. The art scene in Santa Fe is incredible. Oh, can we go if this ever yes. ends? Okay. If this ever ends. Um, so, yeah. So, then in 1949, Price married his second wife, Mary Grant. And the following year, in 1950, he landed his first starring role, which was as con man James Addison Revis in the biopic The Baron of Arizona. But it was in 1953 that Price kicked off what would be the beginning of his long storied horror career love it he starred as the vengeance seeking wax sculptor professor henry jared in the 1953 classic house of wax Mm -hmm. which was the first 3d film to land in the year's top 10 at the north american box office wow okay right and then a year later he starred in the mad magician before he began appearing in more mainstream blockbusters like while the city sleeps and charlton heston's the 10 commandments in 1956 mhm and then he earned what his website calls cult status with the film the fly in 1958 at, and then its sequel return of the fly in 1959 And at that point, Price then began collaborating with low-budget producer Roger Corman on a series of... Remember, did we argue about this on mic or off mic that Edgar Allan Poe had... um, That there were, like, movies about based on Edgar Allan Poe stories? Off mic. Off mic? Yeah. All right, well, just outed myself there because all those adaptations, they fucking starred him! Yes, I know. Ah, fucking stupid. And in that moment, Haley knew about where I was in my notes. Um, so I should say, though, it wasn't linear. My, my process is not linear. I wish it was. It would be much easier. Yes. Um, but yeah, so 
The first of these Edgar Allan Poe adaptations was House of Usher in 1960, which earned $2 million at the box office in the United States alone. And then this launched the production of several other Poe-inspired films, including The Pit and the Pendulum in 1961. It's such a good one. I know. And uh, when I saw it, too, I was like, oh, yeah. And I remember watching it in high school now. And I'm like, oh, my God, she was right. This is real. And yep. It wasn't just high school wasn't just a fever dream as much as I try to convince myself. Um, But yeah, so the pit and the pendulum in 61, the Raven in 1963, the mask of the red death in 1964 and the tomb of Lysia in 1965. And that's or Lygia. I don't know, because I knew somebody who spelled her name like this and she went by Lysia. I'm not positive, but either or. I don't remember that one. Um, that was like the last one of of the movies. And during this time of substantial success, he received two stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in February 1960. You can have two? You can have two. He had one for motion pictures and one for television. Uh, mm. I thought I thought the star just had your name on it and didn't say like what it was for. Yeah, I you would think, but I didn't know this. But yeah. Apparently. Cool. All right. Yeah. But um, also, in addition to all of this success, on April 27th, 1962, Price's wife, Mary, gave birth to their daughter, the inspirational speaker, Victoria Price, whom they named after Price's first major success in the play Victoria Regina. That's cute. Yeah. So then in 1963, the comic book Doctor Strange was first published. And Caitlin, why are you talking about Doctor Strange? Caitlin, why are you talking about Doctor Strange? Love you. Mean it. Uh, it was loosely based on Price in both likeness and name. What? Um, they drew him to look a bit like Vincent Price. And then the doctor, for those who don't know, his full name is Dr. Stephen Vincent Strange. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so in addition to being an art connoisseur, Price was also an avid gourmet chef and authored multiple cookbooks with his wife. The first of which was published in 1965, titled A Treasury of Great Recipes, which has a 4.6 out of 5 on Goodreads and is regarded by many, including NPR, as a classic. Aw. Yeah. Um, However, by 1965, Price's career then took a bit of a hit. And he basically, it happened when he played the character Dr. Goldfoot in a couple of overly campy James Bond lampoons. Oh, no. And that was in 1965 and 1966. And he also, at this time, played, remember I said Adam West was his close friend? Yeah. So he played Batman's arch nemesis, Egghead, on the ABC series Batman in 1966 and 67. So he did kind of campier stuff from 65 to 67 that made people kind of... Not think less of him, but it, his star kind of began to fall a little bit. Mm-hmm. So then in 19... So around this time, Price began to wind down his career, um, beginning in the late 60s, early 70s. Then in 1973, Price and Grant divorced, and he went on to marry his third and final wife, Coral Brown, who was an Australian actress, actress that appeared as a victim of his in the movie Theater of Blood over a year later. Um, the two remained married until Coral's death in 1991. 
Mm-hmm. But um, also at this time, at this point, Price began to almost exclusively work as a voice actor. Yeah. So I, I say this everywhere. It's like, oh, and then his career began to wind down at about this time. Yeah, we'll see. That's all I'm going to say is we'll see. So he worked as a voice actor on a fuck ton of projects, including, or most notably, I should say, because these are the ones that I like picked is like, oh, I know that one. Yeah. Um, the short Vincent in 1982, which was Tim Burton's directorial debut. It was a short about a little boy who kind of flip flopped between like fantasy and reality because he believed he was Vincent Price. Okay. Um, and then, of course, Michael Jackson's thriller music video in 1983. And Count Rattigan in Disney's The Great Mouse Detective yes. in 1986. Yes, and he looks like him. He does because... So, so two of the songs in the movie were written for Price. It, he was drawn to look like Price. They basically created the role for Price, like with Price in mind. And because of all of that, Price st- used to say that it was one of his favorite roles of all That's time. so cute. I know! So, although his work on Thriller, going back to the music video, was better known, uh, Price also provided a monologue similar to the one that he provided for Thriller, um, which, fun fact, was supposed to be kind of in the style of a rap, apparently. Uh, yeah, I can kind I can of hear kind of see it. it. Yeah. yeah, like, I can kind of hear it, but I'm also like, mm, I don't know about that. White guy from Yale rapping. A Missouri white guy, literal descendant of the whites, rapping? Yeah. Um, but either way, he also provided a monologue for the Alice Cooper song, The Black Widow, in 1975, and also appeared in the corresponding TV special, Alice Cooper, The Nightmare, that same year. So All like, right. Yeah. Uh, so then during this time of quote-unquote slowing down, because again, this does not sound like he's been slowing down very much, does it? No. Yes. He also briefly returned to theater and gave over 800 performances, slowing down, in his one-man show Di- Diversions and Delights in the United States and Australia from 1977 to 1980. He also had his own mail-order book club in the 1970s called Vincent Price Books, which would send subscribers mystery and detective novels, which I am so mad I missed out on. Yeah, that's amazing. Right? We, we can start a book club. Let's start a book club. Okay. We could call it not Vincent Price books. Perfect. Yep, there we go. It's it's happening. Uh, so his likeness also appeared on Milton Bradley games, such as Hangman and Shrunken Head Apple Sculpture in the 1970s. Okay. And in 1989, Sesame Street also created a character inspired by and dedicated to Price. Its name was Vincent Twice, Vincent Twice. Okay. Like, the name was Vincent twice, but whenever they said it, it would They said it twice. They said it twice, yes. Clever. And it hosted the Mysterious Theater Sketches, which were an imitation of Price's stint hosting the PBS anthology series, Mystery. And that's what I used to watch syndicated reruns of as a kid around Halloween. They would kind of show it. Um, But even though Price had taken somewhat of a step out of the spotlight... Even even though he wasn't really showing his face many places anymore, that did not mean that he was not still easily recognized and still beloved. Yeah. Um, he, he loved his work as much as other people did. He would attend 
showings of his films in costume and would play pranks on moviegoers in these like elaborate costumes. Son of a costume maker. Hello. Yeah. Um, but also, according to IMDb, Price once told the story of a middle-aged woman who came up to him while they were on a flight to Barcelona. And she was so excited and was like, oh, my God, sir, like, can I have your autograph? I can't tell you how many years I have enjoyed your films, Mr. Karloff. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oops. But... Uh, oops and and all right a big oops like i i'm not one to talk we've all done it but that's whew, that's a bit of a that's a bit of an oops but well, let's there's not no forget. like there's no imdb that she could just quickly like google and look up to make sure no. she's talking to the right person no and also even even now that there is you get so flustered that you don't always remember to do something like that yeah. Um, but otherwise, nobody would be going up to Amy Adams, Bryce Dallas Howard, and Jessica Chastain calling each other by their names. Well, they um, do look a lot alike. I, but they don't when you put them side by side. You just see a pale woman with red hair and you go, yep, that's one of them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what if they're not all traveling together, Caitlin? It's true. It's true. She's got me there. They need to star in a movie together. I would love that. I would die. That'd be very funny. They should star as sisters together. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That'd be amazing. Or, like, they could do... In some witchy coven movie. They, no, 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 no. You know that movie about the three dudes that are triplets, but they didn't know it? They could do oh, their own a... version of it, except it's the three of them. And, and it's it doesn't email end and comedy. so fucking sad. Yes, exactly. It's a comedy. <laughs> We're Watch doing three... this. It's a documentary called Three Identical Strangers. Yes. I believe it's on Hulu. Hulu. Uh, yeah, it's so interesting, but it's also super depressing. I watched it on an airplane and cried. Oh, yeah, that's always a mistake. You never watch something you don't know or that you aren't sure of whether it will be happy or sad on an airplane. I think they exclusively put shit on airplanes that are sad. And also, there's something about being in an airplane that just makes you want to cry. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. The second time I went to visit Michael in England, I cried the whole way home to Beauty and the Beast with Emma Watson. That's not like a sad, sad. Yeah, her I mom died at, of the plague. But I like, cried at Frozen 2 on a plane. Yeah. I'm like, that's not a sad movie. Maybe because Frozen 2 came out so recently. Maybe you were crying because whether you knew it or not, subconsciously, you the knew world that it was, was the ending? last time you would be on a plane. Yeah, it really, really was. <laughs> but now that we've derailed this conversation, so this woman says to him again, Quote, oh, sir, could I have your autograph? I can't tell you how many years I have enjoyed your films, Mr. Karloff, end quote. And so Karloff, again, was a friend of his. They starred together. And always just the perfect gentleman and the perfect entertainer that he didn't want to disappoint a fan. Price brought his former friend and co-star, Boris Karloff, basically like back to life and gave the most spot on impression of him. That's amazing. And as boris karloff like gave her an autograph and and like acted like boris karloff and all of that boris karloff had been dead for 15 years just give her the story it's fine yeah well i mean and that's the thing he gave he gave her an even arguably an even better story and uh, this brings me this actually reminded me he he not only had boris karloff been dead for 15 years he went to the service 
and he went with other fellow horror actor Peter Lorre and Boris Karloff not many people know this was buried in his Dracula cape oh I, I didn't know that that's amazing but so for the viewing he's sitting there and he's laying there you know like wait no Boris Karloff lay. wasn't Dracula Boris Karloff was uh, no yes you're right you're right but he was still buried in the cape and um cool yeah I don't know where I did that or maybe it was Bella Lugosi. Now I don't like this story anymore because I don't remember what it was. And this is why I didn't put it in because I can't remember what it was. Long story short, dude looked like a vampire, whichever dude it was, whether it was Bella Lugosi or Boris Karloff. And Peter Lorre said to Vincent Price, maybe we should stake him just to be sure. Good. At the fucking funeral. <laughs> maybe we should stake I mean, him. I want people just making sure I'm dead. We talked about this in the Buried Alive episode. We did. We did. You confirmed death. Yes, and you welcome it. Oh yeah, but um, but yeah, but like that's the kind of performer he was. Um, and okay, I just I just looked this up very very quickly. So Boris Karloff, Peter Lorre, and Vincent Price were at Bella Lugosi's funeral when they made this joke. Um. And so, like, Price said this or whatever, but according to biographers who take the fun out of everything, this was not the case. And I'm like, you know what? Let me, let, let me have this. Let us have Real this. Real time research. Real yeah. time research. Always. This is what that girl meant when she said we were unprepared. Um, so Price made his final significant film appearance, as I said before, in 1990 as the inventor in Edward Scissorhands. And allegedly his role was actually supposed to be much larger than just that like couple of minutes in the beginning of the movie where he creates Edward Scissorhands. Don't come yeah. at me with spoilers. It's been nearly two, three decades, whatever the fuck. Um, oh shit. It's been three, 30 years. It's been three decades. Has it? 1990 to 2020. Yeah. Holy shit. Um, ouch. Okay. And Winona Ryder still looks as good as ever, but, um, so it was supposed to be a much larger role, but because at the time Price was suffering from Parkinson's disease and emphysema, they had to like cut it down so that he could still be in it without yeah. overexerting himself. Um, and so it really only came down to just like two scenes. Yeah. But also in 1990, Price recorded the narration for Disneyland Paris's Phantom Manor, which is kind of like their haunted mansion. Okay. So he was hired by Walt Disney Imagineering to voice the role of the Phantom. And it was basically this was going to be a new ride for their upcoming attraction, Euro Disneyland, which is now known as Park Disneyland, Park with a C. And it was scheduled to open in 1992. So they were getting things out of the way early. And so Price was given a French script. But all of the takes were apparently so bad that the entire performance was deemed unusable. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. And then after working on the script for over three hours, Craig Fleming, who had adapted the script and directed the recording sessions, gave Price an English version, which he recorded and completed or whatever in two takes. He was supposed to do, wait, the first, he was supposed to do it all in French? Yep. And then they were like, here's an English version after he kept fucking up the takes and two takes that's all it took oh my god i know but um so the english recordings were put in the attraction but then after several months of the park being in operation 
uh, Euro Disney, who owned Euro Disneyland, um, just like how like Walt Disney Company owns like Disneyland, the Euro Disney owned Euro Disneyland, um, yeah. felt that there was not enough French in the park. Okay. So by 1993, in an attempt to add more French to the park, Price's narration was removed from the attraction and replaced by the original French script, but this time it was recorded by Gérard Chevalier, and only Price's laughter remained on the Phantom Manor soundtrack. He does have that spooky yep. laugh. You so. can't, you can't Frenchify that laugh. No, you, it's 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 in it's it's a it's a universal language of fear and manic um spook yes much spook universal spook but so his english translation can be found on disney haunted mansion cds which contained a full ride through of the attraction but that was other than the laughter none of it was really out there none of it was really used yeah but then actually just like a couple of years ago in 2018, it was announced that during Phantom Manor's major, major renovation, parts of Price's narration would be restored to the soundtrack of the attraction. And for the 2019 reopening of it, the new tracks featured Price once again with the original excerpts, as well as previously unused material from the 1990 recording that he spoke in English with mm-hmm. parts in French done by actor Bernard Elaine. Okay. So then on October 25th, 1993, just six days, less than a week before Halloween, Price passed away of lung cancer at his home in Los Angeles. Like, what is more fitting than dying in the month of Halloween? Yeah. So his ashes were scattered off the coast of Point Doom in Malibu, California, together with his favorite gardening hat. Aww. I know. And the night after Price's death, A&E aired an episode of its popular series biography that focused on Price and his horror career. But because they weren't able to get copyright clearances, that was the first and last time the episode was ever aired, and it has never been seen again. Ooh, okay. Right? Spook. Perfect for Vincent Price. I know it's probably sucked for them, but damn. Um, and then, as if that wasn't enough, in early 1991, Tim Burton was developing a personal documentary with the working titled Conversations with Vincent, in which interviews with Vincent Price were shot at the Vincent Price Gallery, but the project was never completed and eventually shelved. Aww. And then, I know, but there's always hope, because you know what? People are bringing things back because quarantine. They're getting back yeah. into things. Um, Tim Burton, hear me out. And because I know he listens to this. Of course. <laughs> so then on October 12th, 1997, A&E produced another somewhat updated version of their biography episode on Price, which was titled Vincent Price, the Versatile Villain. And the script was by Lucy Chase Williams, who was the author of the book, The Complete Films of Vincent Price. So mm. they made sure it was authorized. They made sure it was correct. Yes. They made sure it was good. And so that's the one that people know more other than that, that first one that nobody really saw unless they watched it the day after he died. Yeah. But yeah, so overall, Price left a legacy that many performers can only dream of. Like, truly, just over 200, I think it was 211 
like acting roles alone. Wow. Yeah. Um, and that's just film and TV and music videos and shit like that. That doesn't include theater. That doesn't include like any like walk on stuff that like 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 the eight hundred plus performances that he did of his one man show. Yeah. But and this was but. a very disappointing part that I was like, you know what, if I get it ruined for me, it's getting ruined for everybody else. Oh, no. Yeah, it wasn't all good. In 1999, Price's daughter, Victoria, published a book titled Vincent Price, A Daughter's Biography, which has a 4.05 out of 5 on Goodreads. And in the book, Victoria detailed her father's early anti-Semitism and his admiration Ugh. for German dictator and all-around not-cool dude... Adolf Hitler. No. We almost got out of this okay. We almost got out unscathed. Almost. So as a pre-war Nazi sympathizer, he was gray-listed during the Red Scare of the 1950s until in what basically was a desperate gesture, he signed a secret oath that would save his career. Because again, remember, the Red Scare was in the 1950s. He, his, like work in horror started in 1953 like yeah he did that one-off bit in yeah the, in the 40s but it was really it was it was like house of wax was 1953 yeah. right in the height of the red scare um so his daughter found a letter later on that he wrote to the house committee on un-american activities in 1954 that showed his support of blacklisting which is what they would do if they believed you were a communist performer, entertainer, what have you, they would blacklist you and basically ruin your career. Thanks, McCarthy. Uh -huh. um, he disavowed communist sympathies and proclaimed that witnesses who pleaded the Fifth Amendment, which for those who don't know, because why are you listening to a true crime show, first of all? But when you don't want to speak on something, you plead the Fifth Amendment, which gives you the right to not have to testify yeah. or say anything. But if you plead the Fifth, fun fact, Everybody needs to know this. If you plead the fifth, you got to plead the fifth on fucking everything. You can't plead the fifth on like one question and everything else you answer. That's not how it works. Yeah. You plead the fifth on all or not at all. But yeah. So he said that witnesses who pleaded the Fifth Amendment were un-American and most of the people who did were Jewish communists. Oh. Yeah. And furthermore, okay. letters later uncovered from his time at Yale showed that Price held anti-Semitic views as early as the 1930s. Ooh. Mm, that's a 20-year anti-Semite career. Not cute. Nah, that's the most evil of all. The most horrifying of all. Yeah. Um, so some of the letters expressed sympathy for the burgeoning Nazi movement in Germany. Uh, the slurs he used, at one point he wrote that Europe was, quote, ruled by Jews who tax them at excess, end quote. Ugh. Yeah. Um, basically, the sentiment, the slurs, everything were like, believed to have likely been created, bred, like, festered, seed was planted by his family. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. His family had a lot of prejudices back in St. Louis. Um, and this is according to the daughter. She was basically like, yep, Grandma and Grandpa Price were racist. They came from a well, long line of whites and they wanted to keep it that way. Yep. Yep. So, but interestingly, despite this, this new, relatively new in the past 20 years, 
um, information on his bigotry and his questionable beliefs. Price was, as I said before, a staunch Democrat. But also in the 1950s, he was a huge supporter of human equality. Which, okay, yeah, makes no sense to me. Um, and at first I was like, oh, maybe this like source is wrong. Nah, like he even went so far as to denounce racial and religious prejudice as a form of poison, actual word used. At the end of an episode of The Saint, which aired on NBC Radio on July 30th, 1950, because I didn't really touch on it because there was so much. He also had an active radio career because why the fuck not? Because of that voice. I know. But also, like, what didn't he do? Yeah. He, he, he did movies. He did theater. He did art. He did cookbooks. He hated the Jews. It was, he did everything. everything. Yes. He checked every box. <laughs> every box. <laughs> the um, Mel Gibson of his time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but he also has, so Victoria went on to come out as a lesbian and he was fiercely supportive and protective of her and was also vocally, like publicly critical of former Miss Oklahoma, um, and American singer Anita Bryant, who was also an anti-gay rights activist who began her campaign in the 1970s. And he was like, nah, bitch, you dumb. I'm hoping that he just felt like he had those beliefs because, like, his parents did. Well, and that's that's the thing, because up until he was in, like, his 20s, he also, as pretty much every child I knew in Connecticut did, except for me, because I liked to think for myself. And by that, I mean I did the opposite of whatever my parents did. Um, mm -hmm. Thankfully, it was the right thing. But... Um, he voted Republican up until his 20s when he began to think for himself. Yeah. And so, because his parents were staunch Republicans. Yeah. So it's always possible, but it ain't looking good. Um, yeah. He was well past his 20s in the 50s. Uh. Um, but he was also an honorary board member of the U.S. organization PFLAG, which was the first and largest organization to unite parents, families, and allies with LGBTQIA+ member like members of that community yeah um and he was among the first celebrities to appear in public service announcements talking about and humanizing aids and those who had it okay and his daughter has said that she was this this quote made me feel a little iffy so i'm not sure about it because we we had to pause for a sec and Haley said something to me like i hope like a me too thing isn't coming now a me too thing is not coming however you tell me what this quote what what you think from this quote oh, no. she said that she was quote as close to certain as i can be that my dad had physically intimate relationships with men i would like to take all of that back because i thought that said physically intimate relationships with me up until this moment Okay, good. So he's not me too but he's maybe bi? He's, yes, he's maybe bi. I All mean, right. honey, right. with a swagger like that. He is, like, so... He seems so open-minded. Look at his... Jews I know, that's the thing. It's his <laughs> fucking Achilles. I'm like, why? You got out. You, you almost got out unscathed. We were so close. We were in this together, Vincent. And, and not nah. for nothing, man. You're working in the movie industry. You're exactly. going to come into contact with a few exactly. of them. Exactly. Literally. Oh, man. Like, and that's not, I, I, for those who aren't familiar with the industry, that's not like like an awful stereotype. No, literally, Hollywood is run by Jews. It's, it's, that's how it is. 
There's so many Jewish people that work in this industry. That's mm. just, I don't know why, but that's the thing. Probably because they're, I mean, if they're willing to believe that like sex before marriage isn't bad, unlike the Catholics, I can say that I was born Catholic. Um, hashtag recovering Catholic. But yeah, like they'll believe whatever the fuck they want. Like they're, they're yeah. they've lived, they've suffered enough. They deserve to entertain themselves and others. Um, yeah. But yeah, so then to wrap this up a little bit, in honor of the 20th anniversary of Price's death, the television channel TCM, which stands for those who don't know for Turner Classic Movies, named Price their Star of the Month for October 2013. And the 2013 song Vincent Price by the hard rock band Deep Purple is also dedicated to Price. He and the band were actually friends while he was alive. And Price even appeared as a narrator on Roger Glover's live version of the Butterfly Ball and the Grasshopper Feast in 1975. Okay. So that's just another musical work that he was involved in. Yeah. And then most recently, on top of the Park Disney um, ride, in 2019, a sequel to the Scooby-Doo miniseries titled Scooby-Doo and the Curse of the Thirteen Ghosts came out. And basically they had to go back when they had to fight all of all of those those you know ghosts yeah they have to go back and they've got to do you know we they've been around for how many fucking years you run out of material eventually and i'm still gonna watch it yeah. but um they dedicated it to price oh yes and another vincent van Gogh did come back but was portrayed by another actor mm. but yeah and so that is the very much abridged please do not come for me we're like 45 minutes in shit happens please be nice <laughs> story sure of been surprised like i know there's so many references to him and his like iconic voice and just ha his spookiness like yep. bill Hader. we didn't even talk about like no. the, the the snl like no but watch the <sighs> watch so the good. bill Hader snl so uh, fucking funny parody oh god it's so good but there's so many references to him that like you try to say it all and you you, you fucking can't. can't because I, there's so <laughs> much this is, I think, the first one to, I always try to get as much information as I can in this, like, it, on these episodes. And this one, going into it, I was like, all right, so this isn't happening. Like, I had to sit myself down and give myself a talk and be yeah. like, so this is not possible. This, this I want episode you to is know basically, that. it's your springboard for more information. Like, this is, we're, yes. we're handing you the keys now yes go it is go idiot's guide out. to vincent price written by an idiot that's yeah. really what it is <laughs> yep starring and written by the idiot herself um but yeah so that is the the whole tried to be as unbiased as possible story of vincent price very nice yeah I wanted him to be a national treasure, but I think about the Jews is really, oh, really it's so disappointing. It. I need something to come out. Like I just need, I just need something. I just need something. I don't need it to be anything like substantial. I just, yeah. I very much desperately please at God, let something come out that like, oh, guess what? Vincent Price is in heaven, and he's like hugging all the Jews. Like I need something. He he donated I need to, something. to pro Jewish causes and be like, okay, yeah. All right. Yeah. It's good. Turns out one of his wives was Jewish. Like something. Please yeah. something. 
because like he is he's an icon and it's so sad like when your icons when your when your heroes let you down yeah i mean you can't expect everyone to be perfect but like i don't know i'm perfect of course mm-hmm. it's me it literally takes zero effort to not hate jews it, it really like <laughs> honestly uh, well, and there goes my, that there goes my no baby alarm. That too. <laughs> no babies. No keep going with episode. Take them out, Haley. All right. <laughs> Tell the people what they've won. The website is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com where you can find the links to stuff we talked about today, other interesting shit. You can find the links to our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Patreon. Join the Patreon. If you want to have exclusive rights to uh, to pick one of the final two movies that we're gonna we're only watching one so you're yes. gonna choose between two so um and we're not lying you, this time where we go oh we can give them two you're getting two episodes a week <laughs> yes uh if you want to have exclusive voting rights on what movie we watch on halloween join the patreon and then yeah. you will be able to do that at any yep. tier any tier you're allowed to do that yep um and so pay a dollar, pick a movie. Yeah. Redbox isn't even that cheap. Yeah. Well, we'll be sending links uh, as it gets closer of like exactly what time and where and everything. It's going to be on Twitch, I believe. Sure. So I believe our, our lovely um, uh, producer is going to Smelly help us. It. Yeah. He's going to help us fix that up. So... Get ready, and we will see you next Tuesday. Hell yeah. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.